0: The service of Matins for Exaudi, the seventh Sunday of Easter, May 24th, 2020. We sing the first hymn, LSB 913, O Holy Spirit, Enter In.
1: brightly shine, to joy and gladness wake us, that we may be truly living, to you giving prayer unceasing, and in love be still increasing. power, that in our hearts from this good hour, as fire it may be glowing, that in true Christian unity we faithful witnesses may be, your glory ever showing. By your teaching, let our preaching and our labor praise you, Lord, and serve our neighbor. O mighty rock, O source of life, let your dear word in doubt and strife us be strongly burning, that we be faithful unto death, and live in love and holy faith. From you true wisdom burning, your grace and Shower by your power, Christ confessing. Let us see our Savior's blessing.
0: Again, we use the service of Matins, LSB, page 219. O Lord, open my lips
1: and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, Alleluia. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Oh, come, let us worship him. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. The deep places of the earth are in his hand. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hand formed a dry land. O God, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is risen indeed, Hallelujah! Oh, come, let us worship
0: Him. Our psalm this morning is the introit uh, appointed for this day, which is various verses of Psalm twenty-seven.
1: Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, Alleluia. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Alleluia. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Teach me your way, O Lord, Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, Alleluia. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Alleluia.
0: Office Hymn LSB 501. Come down, O love divine.
1: so e it freely burn, till worldly passions turn to dust and ashes in its heat consuming. And let thy glory soul will long chill up past the power of human telling No soul can guess it.
0: Reading from Ezekiel chapter 36. Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations, and gather you from all the countries, and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh and i will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my just decrees you shall dwell in the land that i gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and i will be your god o lord have mercy on us thanks be to god a reading from first peter chapter 4 the end of all things is at hand In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, You are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. And a reading from John chapter 15 and 16. Jesus said, When the Helper comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The Easter Responsory on page 222. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim his salvation from
1: day to day. Give to the Lord all glory and strength. Give him the honor, due his name. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Now is Christ risen from the dead. And become the first fruits of them that sleep. Give to the Lord all glory and strength. Give him the honor do his name. Alleluia! Alleluia! Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Give to the Lord all glory and strength. Give him the honor do his name. Hallelujah,
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. <clears throat> He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. It was almost one year ago that I remember sitting in the waiting room in St. Cloud, Minnesota. My father was having heart surgery, and of all the texts I read that day, interestingly enough, one of them was the Old Testament text for today. Today is Exaudi Sunday. It's a word that means hearing and understanding. With all of the terminology and medical language that's spoken during highly emotional times, such as surgery involving the heart, the doctors do a good job of breaking things down and explaining things simply. For our hearing and clear understanding, God uses Ezekiel to describe a surgery on the heart of his people, and not just the heart, but the entire being. Hear again these words from God through the prophet Ezekiel. I will sprinkle clean water on you, And you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. So I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you, and I will make it so in my statutes you will walk, and my judgments you will guard, and you will do. The understanding of these verses seems clear to most Christians. What many forget is this is the necessary conclusion to God's judgment, which the lectionary does not include, but it is important to get the full scope of what is happening. Beginning in verse 16, we hear Ezekiel say, "'The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, when the house of Israel lived in their own land, they defiled it by their ways and their deeds. Their ways before me were like the uncleanness of a woman in her menstrual impurity.'" So I poured out my wrath upon them for the blood that they had shed in the land, for the idols with which they had defiled it. I scattered them among the nations, and they were dispersed through the countries. In accordance with their ways and their deeds I judged them. But when they came to the nations wherever they came, they profaned my holy name, in that people said of them, These are the people of the Lord, and yet they had to go out of his land. But I had concern for my holy name which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to which they came. Hearts of stone profane God's name. In the very first petition of the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Hallowed be thy name. What does this mean? God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us also. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we as the children of God also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, Heavenly Father. Teaching and living any way that is against the word of God shows the heart of stone within us all. I cannot count how many times I have heard, why do bad things happen to good people? Honestly, the true response to that is only because there are no good people. If we believe God's word in Genesis 3, 5, and 7, then of course in many other places, not least of which is Psalm 51, we can only really ask, why does good things happen to any of us at all? How can a heart of stone become a heart of flesh? How can a person become good? How can a sinner become a saint? The heart is an important muscle, and if you eat right and exercise and take the right medications, the heart can continue to beat properly for a very long time. How does this translate to the rest of the body? If you tell a sinner to simply stop and start doing good, will that make them good? Sin is not just something that oppresses people and can be removed with a bit of therapy, proper food, or medication. Sin corrupts us to the very core. Thus a change must be done in the very core, the heart, soul, and mind. True obedience to God requires a heart that fears, loves, and trusts in God above all things, at all times, and in all places. Everyone needs a change of heart because everyone is sinful and unclean. All mankind sings, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. The history of the world is proof of this. It is easy to recognize the sinfulness of those who did not believe in the one true God. What about those who were in God's chosen people? The history of Israel is a history of rebellion against God. Divine punishment, repentance, restoration, and then rebellion again. God's people would live in peace for a time which showed their true hearts of stone. They would live how they wanted. They would forget God or worse— twist God's word to say whatever they wanted to believe. God would repeatedly call them to repentance. He would forgive them their sins and reclaim them as his own. They would repent and then quickly fall into the same cycle over and over again. God would use the foreign nations around Israel to carry out some of the harshest judgments upon his people. When in their stone hearts they insisted on worshipping the gods of stone, the false gods around them, God's justice decreed that they should be taken over by the nations. Remember, this is where Israel is during the time of Ezekiel's ministry. Israel was just conquered by a foreign people. They were sitting in exile due to the strong hand of Babylon. During this time of exile, they needed to again hear and understand God. So, God sent prophets like Ezekiel to comfort them with the promise of future deliverance. According to God's promise... They would be restored to their own land. More than that, God was going to perform great acts of mercy. Sprinkle them with water and clean them from idols. Remove their hearts of stone, replacing them with hearts of living flesh. Even God's spirit will be placed within them. So they would live as God's redeemed children. What happens after Israel returns to their land after the exile? They forgot God. They fell into sin, and the pattern continued. Why? Well, they liked it. That's why they continued to do it. On this side of heaven, the sinful flesh still remains. And so the sinful flesh goes for what is easiest and most pleasurable to the sinful flesh. Do we not do the same? It's not that complicated. We like to sin, and so we do it. It is easier to get angry and yell about unfairness, than it is to actually listen and respond calmly. It is easier to not read God's Word. It is easier to not sing hymns. It is easier to not pray. It is easier to not love my neighbor like I love myself, just as it is easier to not listen to the doctor, take my medication, do the exercises, and stop eating and drinking those things that are detrimental to my health. So also, it is easier to not listen to God's Word, especially if spoken by a sinful man, to not live in love and to not take the medicine of immortality. In many ways, the task set before the pastor in the office of the ministry is very simple. Speak God's word in its truth and purity. Don't add anything and don't take anything away. And administer the sacraments according to Christ's institution. So it's not very complicated. People do what they like to do. If you want to change what people do, you must change what they like. So how is this done? There's a couple of options. You can simply give commands... People respond to threats and bribes, but that's not true obedience. You can force people to comply, but that doesn't change the heart. If someone wants to change, they have to want to change. But how does that work for sinners, of whom God says, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God? For it does not submit to God's law, indeed, it cannot. Not only can we not do it ourselves, but on our own, we don't want to. It is all the work of God himself. How does God do it? The same way he did for Israel, the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Through his appointed means, your heart of stone is removed and you are given a heart of living flesh and his spirit is placed within you. There are two theological terms we must keep straight, justification and sanctification. These two words get jumbled by many. The sin likes to forget God, and place more emphasis on ourselves, so it is easy to mix them. But mixing them is just as poisonous as doctor-prescribed medications with self-medications. Very simply, here's the difference. First, God justifies you. Then, God sanctifies you. God does not justify you by sanctifying you. He sanctifies you by justifying you. Clear? Let me explain. To justify means to declare someone to be righteous. It is to say that the person is righteous. What God says is so, because God says it. God says, let there be light, and there was light. Jesus said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man became alive again. Jesus says of the bread and the wine in the Lord's Supper, this is my body, this is my blood, and that's what it is. Why? God speaks, and it is so. God said, I will sprinkle clean water on you, And you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And so it is. God sprinkles water over our heads. He baptizes us into his holy name. This is a washing away of sin. Holy baptism cleanses you from your idols. It gives you a new heart and his Holy Spirit. With this new heart, your ears are open to hear his word with faith. With this new heart, your mouth is opened to receive the body and blood of Christ, and by faith receive forgiveness from all your sins. Baptism, absolution, the Lord's Supper, all speak forgiveness to you. The forgiveness is complete in every way. As Jesus suffered for all the sins of all the sinners of all time, the forgiveness that God gives us in the gospel and sacraments of Christ is complete. It is perfect. It lacks nothing. This is justification. God reckons to us the righteousness of Christ. He credits to us the obedience of Jesus, who suffered and died for us on the cross. In short, he forgives us all our sins. This means that we are righteous. We are just. God justifies us. Our hearts of stone were hung around the neck of Jesus as he hurled himself into the wrath of God's punishment against sin. On our own, we are sinners. But God's word says we are saints. Within us... There is stone hearts with evil inclinations and wicked pleasures, yet while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. It is Jesus' life that makes us holy. His obedience to God's word is reckoned to us. The word that brings us to faith also makes us holy. I have already mentioned Titus chapter 3, where God uses the words regenerated and renewal. This is change, life-giving, inner, whole-being change. You are justified by Jesus alone, and the new life you live is called sanctification. This is where things get messy. Justification is perfect. There is nothing lacking in Jesus' righteousness, and God has reckoned it to you. There is no sin that remains unforgiven. You are indeed righteous. Sanctification, however, on this side of heaven is imperfect. God does renew and regenerate you, but the old sinful nature still lies within. Sanctification is a process which involves discipline and growth. Through contact with His Word and sacraments, God softens your hard hearts and enables you to respond by teaching His Word in its truth and purity and living loving lives according to it. The sinful flesh fights against the Holy Spirit, the flesh fights against the truth of God. There's this constant, tiresome battle that all too often ends just like St. Paul. I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Because of this constant wearing conflict, it is easier to reverse the order of God. The most common and the most harmful falsehood ever taught is to teach that sanctification is what brings about justification. In other words, you become righteous before God as a result of living the new life that God gives you to live. This is truly wicked. It is like saying, taking this medication, doing this exercise, and eating these right foods performs a quadruple bypass surgery. What a diabolical teaching. If your works had to make you righteous before God, you would have no hope. Unless, of course, you changed God's word to make yourself feel better. Labeling a medication by a different name doesn't change the medication. Changing God's word doesn't really change God's word. May we ever, by God's grace, keep the order correct. Faith depends on it. First, God justifies, then he sanctifies. Justification is perfect, complete, flawless. Sanctification is imperfect. This is because of the sinful flesh that stubbornly clings to our souls. Justification is complete. Sanctification is a lifelong process. In this process, he has not only given you a new heart and his spirit, He gives you his word and his body and his blood to guard and keep you every day. Let us pray. Come down, O love divine, seek thou this soul of mine, and visit it with thine own ardor glowing. O comforter, draw near, within my heart appear, and kindle it thy holy flame bestowing. O let it freely burn, till worldly passions turn to dust and ashes in its heat consuming. And let thy glorious light shine ever on my sight and clothe me round while thy while my path illuming amen, alleluia Christ is risen, he's risen indeed alleluia. We sing the te Deum l s b page two hundred and twenty three
1: God, We acknowledge you to be the Lord. All the earth now worships you, the Father everlasting. To you, all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To you, cherubim and seraphim, continually do cry. Holy, 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 Lord God of suns Heaven and earth are full of the majesty of your glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise you. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise you. The noble army of martyrs praise you. The holy church throughout all the world does acknowledge you. The Father of an infinite majesty, your adorable true and only Son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. You are the King of glory, O Christ. You are the everlasting Son of the Father. When you took upon yourself to deliver man, You humbled yourself to be born of a virgin. When you had overcome the sharpness of death, you opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. You sit at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe O Lord, save your people and bless your heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify you, and we worship your name forever and ever. Grant, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin, O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let your mercy be upon us, as our trust is in you. O Lord, in you have I trusted, let me never be confounded.
0: O Lord, hear my prayer, and let my cry come to you. O King of glory, Lord of hosts, uplifted in triumph far above all heavens, leave us not without consolation, but send us the Spirit of truth, whom you promised from the Father. For you live and reign with him in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the whole Church, that in the confidence of faith the baptized may bear witness to the grace of the Lord Jesus, regardless of the consequences, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For pastors and missionaries, that repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Christ's name would sound forth throughout the world, creating and sustaining faith in those who hear, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy for this congregation, that the spirit of truth would guide us into faithful devotion and service so that we would love one another, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior Jesus Christ, and give our tithes and offerings to support his ministry and mission here and abroad. Let us pray to the Lord, Lord have mercy, for those who suffer for their witness to Christ, that they may be strengthened by the spirit of truth to endure, and that they may rejoice and be glad When Christ's glory is revealed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our government and all leaders in this world, that they would submit themselves to the true King and Lord Jesus Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who serve in our armed forces, the medical field, and for all emergency workers, that entrusting themselves to Christ's protection, they may know his saving peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For an end to the pandemic, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all graduates, for those who set out to look for new employment, and for those whose plans have been frustrated or disappointed, that their confidence may always be placed in Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those whom God has granted another year of earthly life, especially his servants Brian and Julie, that as God would send his holy angels to guard and keep his children, that they may thank and praise Him for the gift of life and for the protection and care He has provided, that God would grant them to grow in grace, continue to know His loving kindness, abide in the confession of His care and protection, serve Him faithfully all the days of their life, and finally come to the fullness of His joys in heaven. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick, the afflicted, the dying, the mourning, the shut-in, and the lonely— for those who have requested our prayers, including Sarman, Susan, Carmen, Zoe, Ken, and those we name in our hearts, that Christ himself would be their health and sickness, their joy and sorrow, and their life in death, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who come today to the Lamb's feast, that being made partakers of Christ's divine nature in the eating and drinking of his very body and blood, they would be filled with his life and peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the faithful departed, we offer thanks and praise, asking our Heavenly Father to grant us all a share in the rest and peace of his kingdom. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day.
1: Thanks be to God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you
0: all. Amen. We sing our final hymn, LSB 539, Christ is the World's Redeemer.
1: Christ is the world's redeemer, the lover of the pure, the font of heavenly wisdom, our trust and hope secure. The arm unmer- Martyrs bright, who wave their palms in triumph and fire us for the fight. Then Christ the cross ascended to save a world undone, and suffering for the In victory, and at the hour appointed, he rose triumphantly, and down to heaven ascended, he sits upon the throne, and he had never departed. Father's ed- give answer